I know what it's like. First time that you hurt someone like that. Hurt doing a lot of heavy lifting there. <laughs> if you, uh, I'm not good at this. Yeah, you really aren't. I mean, it was my fault. You shouldn't have had to. And I'm sorry. Felines. I know. Has an adult ever said sorry to her before? <laughs> no. It wasn't my first time. Oh. Oh yeah, I'm sure Joel. they're fine and safe and sound. Joel. Oh. Oh. That's my boy. Oh. Oh. My boys. So much for that glass, my guy. Yeah, we came from over there. We came from behind. <laughs> yeah, we came around the glass you left on the ground. We can see that clearly. Uh, we weren't shocked by it. Welcome back to New Rockstars. The Last of Us episode four, please hold on to my hand, is out. And we just got introduced to a whole bunch of new folks that will almost certainly die in the next two or three episodes with this way, the, the way the show is killing is killing people, right? You don't get long-term casting on this show, I don't think. I don't know. I this don't is know. this is the break room, our daily live show that keeps you updated on all the nerdy no news that you need to know about. And today we're talking about The Last of Us, episode four. So sprinkle a trash can full of glass in front of your door so you can really focus in with us as we dive into this episode. I'm Brandon Barrick, and with me today we have Jessica Clemens. Hello. Uh, and we also have, is that Anna Vanson across the way? I oh don't know. Oh my goodness, the problem with kleptomaniacs is that they take everything literally. No, no, absolutely not. She's really Back getting to you, into Brandon. character. <laughs> really getting into character. Uh, well, we've got a lot to talk about this episode, another great episode of The Last of Us. But first, we're very excited to announce that our new that our merch partners at Nerd Riot have recently released a brand new shirt inspired by The Last of Us called Lost in the Darkness. Oh, I'm wearing it right now. Look at this adorable so little sick. thing. It's perfect is... for formal events, I think, Love right? It. Right? Perfect. You go to church, they just think you're looking for God. I mean, you could get away with this at a church, mm -hmm. I think, so they'll think, you, yeah, you're looking for the light. Uh, you can pick up this awesome shirt at nerdriot.shop, where you will also find tons of great merch featuring new rock stars and other nerdy fandoms that we love. Support the channel and rock some great merch at nerdriot.shop. Also, we're, we're all wearing the same jacket. I don't jacket know if you noticed buddies. that. Uh, does it look familiar to you? I don't know. Well, this jacket from Huckberry is the same jacket that Joel wears on The Last of Us. The exact same jacket. The costume designers at The Last of Us used a flint and tinder waxed canvas trucker jacket from Huckberry for Joel's iconic look. Uh, it's flannel lined, so it's warm and comfy. I'm sweating here in the studio. Uh, and the wax linen on the outside develops a cool patina over time, so everyone's jacket will wear a little differently the more you use it. It's made in the USA from really sturdy stuff. It's probably also cordyceps resistant, though we haven't tested that yet. I'll go Confirm. test it tonight. Okay, we'll, right. we'll get someone with cordyceps to bite us, and we'll let you know next week if we're still alive. Uh, you can click the link in the video's description to buy your own uh, and help support our Last of Us coverage here at New Rockstars. Uh, so all that being said, let's dive into this episode. As a reminder, the first part of our episode today will be spoiler-free. We'll just be talking about what we've seen in the show. We won't talk about the games or what happens in the future. We recommend if you haven't played the games to avoid reading the comments uh, if you don't want to be spoiled. And if you're in the comments, don't spoil it. Just like and subscribe. Don't spoil down there, okay? 
There are a few foreshadowing moments in this episode for folks that have played the game, so we'll be leaving those out of the episode recap and covering them at the end of the show. And we'll give you a big warning before we get into spoiler territory, so you're safe. So for now, let's dive into the episode we saw. The episode begins with Ellie having her own little taxi driver moment, uh, and she's checking it out, you know what I mean? Uh, testing it in the bathroom. You uh, for, at me? Huh? You looking you at looking me? You looking, looking at me, at punk? Me? I don't see anyone else in here. I don't see anyone with a mushroom sickness in here. Um, for a Fedra kid, she seems a little unsure about handling a gun. I don't think they did a good job training them. Uh, Joel siphons some gas for their new car as Ellie reads jokes from the book, No Pun Intended, Volume 2. That's T-O-O. I love it. Puns on the cover. Uh, video game pun haters will get their revenge. Which okay? you, ha you have, are you not gonna I show off your good I did manage to find a copy of it, don't worry. There we go. Maybe we we'll it. get into some puns later. Was it later. the last copy on this the shelf? This was the last of us copies. <gasps> I don't know. It kinda worked. I, I, I let it, I'll let it, I'll you'll, let it. You'll let it go. Also, kudos to the show. I kinda brought it up last week, but Joel mentions that gasoline degrades over time and yep. it's not as valuable, it doesn't work as well anymore. Bless, bless. Yes. Um, so the Hank Williams cassette that Anna mentioned last week, yeah. it got a play. Sorry, I didn't mean to accidentally we spoil it. We I thought, literally we thought, thought they, they replaced it. it. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. they replaced that moment. And the magazine, the, the I mean, little nanny magazine, sorry. Straight, sorry. straight from the game there a little bit. Well, you didn't they know. They so we didn't know. hard. We didn't know. Uh, uh, Ellie and Joel pass old QZs, quarantine zones, and fallen infrastructure as they make their way west towards Kansas City. Everything's up to date in Kansas City. We have to have our musical moment. Oh, that's right, right. that's oh. right. You left me hanging there. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I got panicked. Uh, Joel and Ellie head to sleep for the night and Ellie cracks open her book of puns. Really her only reading material at the moment after she chugged Bill's porno mag that was all <laughs> sticky out the window. Um, I feel like you could have sold that thing for some credits or something. Yeah, you think, well, is, is porno very valuable? I, you know what I would do? You know what I would do? What would you do? I would be a lady of the, the quarantine zone. <laughs> Lady of the quarantine zone, and I'd be like, "Come to my box where I dance." Would you have? You look through the hole in the box. Oh, okay. Oh, you have like a little. Oh, peep show. Yes, oh, yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. I, like yes. yes. I guess. Do you have another name? A post-apocalyptic yeah, yes, yes. peep show name. Give me by the end of this episode, All I will right. come up with something very tasteful. Oh, okay, okay. I Better like have that. a pun in there. I yeah, swear yeah. it has to have a pun. Yikes, I will try. In the morning, they continue their drive, and we learn that there are Starbucks in the QZ, stand up Seattle. Even in the apocalypse, <laughs> you guys, late stage capitalism still prevails. Yeah, and on, on the way, they pass by, I don't know if y'all noticed this, this like a rest stop that's called Loves that is oh, yeah, around famous. the country. Famous Loves. Great, I love a Loves truck And it's all broken. Stop. It's all a little, little pierced through the heart, maybe mm -hmm. a little. Uh, uh, you know, a thematic thing on love. Bill and Frank was last episode, yeah. Broken Love, et cetera. Well, know. and Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann, they've talked about on the podcast, the After Show podcast, that like, mm. Love is a big theme, and the danger of love—like mm -hmm. love is great, but love is also super dangerous. Even the uh, stores aren't safe. Even the store, even the truck stops aren't safe, <laughs> folks. Uh, Joel tells Ellie about his brother Tommy, and makes it sound like he moved to Boston and met Tess pretty early after the outbreak. Uh, if you remember, like last week, we got a hint at the length of Joel and Tess's relationship in the last episode. But this really contextualizes their relationship and the loss Joel must be feeling after losing a partner of nearly 20 years. He even says that she was, quote, like family. Uh, yeah, last week, it was 2010 when we saw Joel and Tess meet Bill and Frank, and it was implied that Joel and Tess were pretty far along in their little schemings and their workings. They were definitely in Boston by that point, because that's when Joel's like, I can get you the high school uh, aluminum fence and all that stuff. 
so like, yeah, they've been, they were together for like a pretty long time and probably got to Boston pretty early, but we know they were up to some other shenanigans mm-hmm. before they got to Boston. Uh, so the fear that he could fail to keep Ellie safe after failing Tess and Sarah is something the creators touched on in the last episode of their podcast. Joel seems to want nothing to do with adding more to his family. I mean, it's very clear he's he's afraid to like really love anyone again, mm. uh, let them in because he, he knows loss is what this world's about. Mm, uh, I mean, and like he even said it in the second episode, like this girl doesn't have a future. I think he still believes that deep down. Like even though she has shown some form of immunity to the cordyceps, he, to him, there's no future for this girl, right? Mm. It, it's dangerous and he's afraid to uh, let that concept into his head. He's, just, he's scared. We're all scared, folks. Uh, they arrive in Kansas City, and one of the first things they notice is that the QZ has fallen. Doors wide open. Uh, shout out to the Sara Lee bread truck blocking the street. Way to go, Sara Lee. Nobody <laughs> doesn't like Sara Lee. But they're always blocking the street, period. <laughs> Get out of the street. I Get out mean, of the street, Sara Lee. How many, people, how many people check that trick for food before they moved on? Uh, well, it's it it very ironic that it's a bread truck when the whole thing's oh, 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 Bread truck blocking their way. I know. I know. I, every time it gets me, it, it shocks me every time. Uh, uh, an injured man stumbles into the street looking for help, but psych, he's a raider, folks. Joel crashes the car into a nearby laundromat, and we, re- we get really our first look at some classic Last of Us style gameplay, complete with some great NPC lines from the enemies. You gotta love looking at it. They're over there! Shoot at him! Die, got me! Ah! <laughs> Ellie squeezes through a crack in the wall. Again, another great like video game moment. Like, get over there and get out of my way so I can have this action section. Uh, she hides while Joel takes out a majority of the raiders but gets flanked by one coming through the back. Ooh-wee. Joel is wrestled to the ground, and just as he's about to get choked out by the raider, Ellie shoots him in the back, which leads us to maybe the most fucked up scene in the show (laughs) so far. heavy. In a different way, Uh, yeah. We're we're getting all types of, all brands of fucked up. Oh, man, right. The raider, Brian, begs to be taken to his mom, as they do. He's been paralyzed by the gunshot wound. Joel takes the gun back from Ellie and tells her to wait around the corner. Joel stabs Brian because you gotta conserve those bullets. And an interesting moment. I've been saying up until now that Ellie has had these weird, what feels like very sociopathic moments, like unfeeling moments. She has broken that streak with a single tear that falls when she goes back around the corner after Joel has to kill the guy. Uh, So maybe this is showing that she can, she's maybe not all bark and no bite, but she can be a hard ass Mm -hmm. when it comes to someone else doing the violence or her killing infected or like you know cutting open infected but when it comes to a real human being she's got a softer she's not a sociopath she's just a young girl that's trying to show herself and prove herself is really strong Mm -hmm. and then it's like you don't have those same feelings for a turned zombie but having it for a person that's screaming for their mom is a different scenario than a zombie that has no consciousness whatsoever she's been looking for the edge she's been looking for the line she doesn't want to cross i think she found it Mm -hmm. she was like yeah like slice it like Killing a Fedra agent who's trying to kill me, yeah, totally. Uh, slicing open and infected, yeah, totally. Killing, shooting at a raider, yeah, I'm into it. Oh wait, the raider is like, no, no, we can be friends now, and I love you, and I have yeah, a mommy. Yeah, here's my knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, it's this like that's a totally good different, and now that it's it's shades of gray, right? It's not just like pure evil, pure good. It's like, what do you do when you get to that grayness? Uh, we'll we'll get into that. Grayness. <laughs> we see a tank roll through town, certainly sending a shiver down game player spines. Oh, you don't like coming up against a tank in the game. Uh, we meet Kathleen, a new character for the mm-hmm. show, and the leader of this group of raiders here in Kansas City. She interrogates an old man, a doctor, for the location of several people, including Henry Burrell, who Kathleen accuses of sharing info about her brother, who was eventually killed. 
Kathleen is brought to the bodies of the raiders that were killed by Joel and assumes they're with Henry, this Henry MacGuffin. Who's this Henry? He's so dangerous. She asks if a doctor could save any of the people wounded by Joel, and when the answer is no, she shoots the doctor. I mean, someone else is going to get sick again eventually. <laughs> it's not a one-time use for the doctor. You, I, the, the, the thing that surprised me about this was I was like, why hasn't, as soon as a pandemic like this hits and you are just succumb to being alone, the first thing I would start doing is reading as much medical like right. books as I can. So I'm sure there's other people there that can patch up things. Sure. Uh, but I was also, but it, this guy was clearly the first one to be like, I I'm a doctor. Right. Uh, she tells her team to find everyone associated with Henry and these deaths and kill them. Joel apologizes to Ellie for putting her in a position where she needed to shoot a raider. And Ellie admits that this wasn't her first time she's had to hurt someone. Uh, unclear if she's referring to an infected or someone not infected during her time in Fedra school. When later pressed, she tells Joel she doesn't want to talk about it. You both need some therapy, guys. Uh, I do like this, too. She's using Joel's device of, like, I don't want to talk about these things. If, if he wants that to happen, he's got to allow her to have her things she doesn't want to talk about. Joel gives Ellie the gun back along with a quick lesson in gun safety. And it's just like this, like, father gun. Me, me with the gun, I'd literally be like, this way? This, this way? To the this side? This way? This way? This what about it's upside down? What if I put it towards my own head? What if I put it in my mouth and blow into it? When I he was know. like, you hold it like this, I was like, I would not know at all how to do <laughs> this gun. I'd be like, like this? Um, <laughs> the pair leave their hiding place as Kathleen is brought to the attic with some children's drawings and some empty food cans. The drawings depict two people, likely of Henry and Sam, as little superheroes. Oh, adorable. Um, uh, Kathleen and her partner enter a storage room where the ground is shifting. <laughs> what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> the, at first it's stagnant and then it just, I don't yeah, like, okay, like, you know what? Yeah. You know I what? mean, Get I out. have to. The, I feel like this is gonna be. Uh, this is the bloater. The bloater, mm -hmm. the infamous bloater. Yeah. Which is an odd way to introduce it, but right. okay. Sure. I mean, in the in the, what we saw of the trailer of the bloater, he is right. crawling he's out, out of like, something. Uh, yeah. And but it's like pretty fire. bright there. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's like asleep right now, and then when the building <laughs> collapses, it wakes up and crawls out. Right. Um, she orders the building to be sealed. Yeah. So it's like they knew something was there. They know something is still there. And they're like, let's just keep people out of here for now. Mm. I don't know. It also, I, we listen to it again. It's like, it's not necessarily the growl of an, a, a creature, but it's not not the growl of a creature. Mm. It's really hard to tell. It's, it's like a rumbling noise, but it's hard to tell if that's just the the stone shifting or like a creature. I think it's know. like in hibernation for In hibernation, like and sleeping, then, like, yeah, a bear. like a bear. Like it swallowed a log so it wouldn't be hungry all winter. Mm -hmm. mm, delicious. Mm -hmm. uh, Joel and Ellie break into an apartment complex and start hiking up the stairs. Ellie asks Joel how he knew there were about to be ambushed and Joel admits that he's been on both sides of the scheme. The Shades of Grey we're talking about here. Huh? All 50 of them. Ooh. When asked if he's killed innocent people, he doesn't mm. say it out loud but it's, very clear that he was running a similar scheme where it's like, help, we need help. Yeah. I got you now. I love when they start climbing the stairs. He's like, as many as I can go. And I was like, for me, two flights yeah. later. I mean, <laughs> like, doing the math, I was like, hey, hey, hey. Joel spreads out some Chekhov's glass on the ground in front of the door to wake them up in case someone sneaks up on them. Didn't work. 
The, Joel, the episode ends with a cute little diarrhea pun, and surely nothing bad will ever happen to Joel and Ellie again. I'm sure it's all happy endings from here on out. Just kidding! Ellie wakes up Joel with Henry holding a gun to her head. And Sam, who has a little uh, superhero Superman. mask, just like in the drawings. He was drawing them as superheroes. Yeah. He has a little superhero mask painted on his face. It's, uh, it's very... Foreshadowing. What's more unsettling? A kid with a gun or a kid going... <laughs> well, I would trust the kid that goes this way. I don't. I don't trust that. kid. I do. I trust that kid. If you're in a Target and you look down the aisle and there's a kid no. at the end of the aisle and the kid goes like this, no. But that's a Target. If we're that's in, what I'm saying. No, but that's a Target. I'd be like, oh, someone's about to shoot up this okay. place. In this but case, in this you're scenario, a Target. Yeah. <laughs> and in this case, you're in like a dark room. No one else is in this building, so it's like, oh my god. And there's only two of them. Mm -hmm. I'm still unsettled. If I'm woken up by a child going. No. I'm unsettled. I'm unsettled. Because no. also you could kill that child <laughs> so quick. Why would you be that unsettled? Well, I want to ask my first question of you both. But first, a little pun from the old book. That's okay, nice. here we go. Perfect. What's the difference between a poorly dressed man on a unicycle and a well-dressed man on a bicycle? What? Oh my god, it hurts because I know this one! No! Fine, go for it. Oh, I love guessing puns Camera too. Four? This hurts. What? Attire. Yeah. Attire. That was worth it. Like that was a worth tie? A tire. I tried the guessing. clothes, but also a bicycle. Oh, a tire. Maybe I didn't sell it. No, I, I just don't know. know big words. <laughs> so during the episode, every time they would start a pun, I would pause it and try to think of the answer. Mm. The scarecrow one I got close, but I yeah. thought of instead of outstanding in his field, I thought he was the best in his grass. Eh, so class. Close. Top of the grass? Oh. I'm not good What's your puns. first question, Brandon? <laughs> My first question for you both is this. We learn a little bit more about Ellie's history here. It's not clear whether the person she killed was infected or otherwise. What do we think the circumstances of this little moment were where she hurt someone? Without going into spoilers here, do we think she's just talking about an infected? We know she's come up against an infected before. Or is it possible Fedra School had some kind of fucked up initiation <gasps> they put kids through? Oh my God, they Where it's like, you gotta people. learn to kill a person. I would like, and like that. Because we saw them hanging people in the street. Yeah. It could be this thing of building culpability of like, we have this prisoner. We're going to make you kill this prisoner who we were going to kill anyways. We need to teach you how to, how kill. to kill. I like that idea. But I, genu <laughs> I this is me coming from a villain aspect. I love <laughs> things. I'm like, I love the idea of right. them trying to uh, groom the kids into being okay with murdering yeah. innocent lives. But I, I think she probably killed someone before they turned. Well, and the Fedra could have framed it as like, this is not an innocent person. Oh, yeah, they're This person will be killed, has been deemed to be killed. Yeah. Or, or they're infected, they're going to turn you in order to kill them. Yeah. What do you think, Anna? Um, Without I, spoiling anything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard not to go into uh, future game things, but I think that it, I don't think she's referring to an infected because mm. she hasn't gotten emotional about the infected up until this point, That's obviously. That's true, yeah. The first time we see her cry is with that dude. Um, so I, I, I do think it has to be a human, a non-infected mm -hmm. human. Um, and I, I could see it being that route of something she had to do in school. It's, it's really throwing me off, though, how she didn't really know how to use or hold the gun. Yeah, I think it was with a knife. Well, it's also, <laughs> I mean, and it's also, from Fedra's perspective, you know, this is like a fascist regime, regime holding control through force uh, and through authority. And, like, yes, you want to make the idea of death comfortable, but like you don't want to teach people how to be better at shooting to overthrow you, right? You don't want to, you don't want to teach all the kids in this school how to raise up and overthrow you. So we'll teach them how to use a gun, but not well. Well, mm -hmm. we won't teach them the best way to use a gun. <laughs> we won't make them great shooters. I'm wondering, and this is where you know my uh, disturbed mind goes to, like in this post-apocalyptic world, being a young woman, 
was there a moment where she had to like defend herself with like full force? Even if she's been under the care of Fedra school since birth, we know she's able to sneak out, right? She was put there by Marlene. She said she, you know, put her there as an orphan or whatever. Uh, either people in the school attacked her or like in one of her many sneak out moments, she could have been attacked by someone and had to defend herself all the way, you know, to protect herself. That's where my messed up mind goes to for the awful trauma this girl's probably been through already in her life. Yeah, I think that's not, um, not bad to think that way because I, I don't know if the show's going to get into that. Right. But it isn't, it's a, I think it's a, a question that's warranted because it's like, yeah, she's a young girl. Yeah. We have her getting tampons. Like, right, right, right. This is a scary environment and yeah. these people aren't, there's no laws. So it's like, of course, some young girls yeah. and It's young dangerous for everyone attack. out there, but I think like a, a young woman faces incredibly more dangerous. Yeah. Uh, at the, every turn. The timeline we've been introduced to in the show so far is that she was put in federal school from a young age, That's and then right after that she was held prisoner pretty much? Pretty much? Yeah, well, That's like, what we've been given? Yes, yeah, as far as I understand the way the show explains it, Marlene put her up for, or put her in the Fedra school as a young child because right. Marlene knew her mother. Uh, and I would take it to be, she's been in care of Fedra since whatever young age she was put in. I don't know if it was a baby, but like at least a toddler. And then the fireflies happen. And then, and then and when uh, during, she sneaks out, she gets involved with this like infected attack. And from there, the fireflies find her and have been holding her for a week or 10 days she had been in there. I think she had said something like that. Who remembers through all the intense trauma this show has put me through? Uh, some of the memory points have, have been faded away. We'll have to wait and see. I think we can all put our chips, right. maybe I'm speaking for just myself, I can put my chips on it being a non-infected. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I would put my chips there, too. I think she might have killed an infected, too. I don't know. But I don't think they see infected as the same level as, like, a cognizant human. But I would also consider she's lying. And she just wants to sound tough in mm -hmm. front of Joel. Mm -hmm. uh, and this moment that we saw where she shoots someone and then is like, holy crap, I actually did the thing I wanted to do and now I feel immensely weird about it. Uh, that kind of shows that maybe she hasn't and hurt maybe someone before. Her saying that was just trying to comfort Joel, almost. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, don't like you don't have to have yeah, this yeah, conversation yeah. with yeah. me. I know it's hard for you. You don't have to do it. I can see it. Like we'll see. Oh boy, will we see? <laughs> oh boy, will we see? Uh, well, we have lots more to talk about with this episode. But first, we want to thank some of the sponsors who are bringing the break room to you today. Uh, in our world, in the year 2023, we are fortunate enough to not be dealing with the outbreak of a mind-altering fungus spreading across the world. Thank you. Unfortunately, we do have our own terrors out there. And one of that terrors is insanely high phone bills. Ah! They're coming for me. Thankfully, there's Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile was the first company to sell premium wireless service online only. You order from home and save a ton with phone plans starting at just $15 a month. Several of us here at New Rockstars have made the switch to Mint Mobile, and it has saved us so much money. It's so easy to do, and those monthly savings, they really add up over the year. Uh, and you can and you can keep your number, you can keep your contacts. It's really easy to port over. You can keep the phone you already have. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. By going online only and eliminating the traditional cost of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and switch easily in minutes. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash breakroom. That's mintmobile.com slash breakroom. Cut your wireless bill to just $15 a month at mintmobile.com slash breakroom. Thank you, Anna, for the applause. <laughs> uh, we also want to thank Factor today. There's nothing worse than wrapping up a long day of work only to face a long night of cooking dinner. 
Save time and energy with Factor's ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Get Factor and not only skip the to Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, the prepping, and the cleaning. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Now, we've talked about HelloFresh before on the break room. That's where you cook the whole dinner. HelloFresh, they own Factor now, and so they give you both sides oh. of the coin. Maybe you like the cooking, maybe you don't, and you want to do Factor. Factor has meals that are keto, calorie-smart, vegan, and veggie, and full of protein, prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. Each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. Factor meals have all the ingredients you want, and nothing you don't want. Very clean ingredients. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes. There really is no easier way to eat well. Head to factormeals.com breakroom50 and use code breakroom50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code breakroom50 at factormeals.com slash breakroom50 to get 50% off your first box. Do it. Do it. Don't open the door for anything but factor. There could be infected fungus people out there. Okay, question number two I have for you all comes with a pun first. Mm. You don't get a question without a pun. Okay, okay, okay. I'm ready this time. Why shouldn't you visit an expensive wig shop? Why shouldn't you visit an expensive wig shop? Because you got to leave at home. I was gonna say you weave with no money. Oh, I like both of those options, but frankly, it's too high a price to pay. To pay, I got that one. Too high a price to pay. I think I'm staying on brand for the break room because when Tommy does his puns, I also I never get them. I'm not good at puns, and I'm not I'm I'm a gullible girl. Do you want another one real quick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. I like this one. Which country's capital has the fastest growing population? Which Country's capital has the fastest growing Hungary? population. Turkey. What are the capitals of those countries? Turkey. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. Turkey. <laughs> Budapest is one of the thank you, Tommy. Yeah, but uh, I can't. But that, wait, that's not a that's pun. Not that's a, just I know because you're both wrong. <clears throat> Which country's capital has the fastest growing population? Frankly, it's Ireland because every day, Ireland? it's Dublin. Oh, okay. I think ours made more sense, though. You don't even know the capitals of the countries you claim. I was going to say Buddha, but I was trying I to think, like, what's the them. pun there? So I thought it must be wrong. I like oh, that you just man. picked a country. I'll figure out the pun for the capital. Don't worry about it. Well, hungry. It was great okay, work. Hungry it, hungry what's the next question, Brandon? When you said capital, I thought you said country because they sound so mm, similar. It's tricky. It's tricky. That was a Jeopardy one, folks. Uh, so the ground shaking oh, thing in the basement, that's a bloater, right? Kathleen and her partner seem to know what it is, but don't tell the others. Do you think it's a bloater it's down there? gotta be. Just thinking back to that trailer clip where he comes out, it's out all fiery. That's, that's the place it's gotta be, baby. Well, and we talked about this last week. The bloater, the bloater in the game was introduced with Bill. Yes. And we, we got through Bill with no bloat. Yes. Just death. And I was thinking, I was like, what if it's Henry and Sam who are going to be in the episode mm-hmm. with the bloater? And I'm starting, methinks that maybe. So okay. we know there's some members of Kathleen's family that have been killed or harmed. We don't know about other members. Do you think whatever's in this basement, maybe it was a person that's infected that Kathleen is very close to and with her power in this community is like, I don't want to kill this person and it is evolving and it is now turned into a bloater Mm. and she's like I'm not ready to deal with that yet that's a trope in these zombie movies right someone keeping a zombie or an infected person that they love and they don't have the heart to kill well bloaters generally take I think it's it's unclear but like 10 years about a decade to to 
be created, to turn into that level of uh, infected. So I don't know, with the timeline matchup of it being like that long for one of her family well, members it, to it be. could have been someone who was alive in the QZ for a while and then eventually got infected. So it, not the whole time of the outbreak, it's been down there, but like a, a portion of it. We also know from the podcast, there was that deleted storyline with Tess where she was unable to kill her son and he was gonna be left in the basement and slowly like turning into a clicker, getting more and more infected. You know, this, I, I love the idea that this is, she's she's trying to do what's best for the QZ, but she also has her own secrets, right? Like I'm keeping this very dangerous thing alive. Whatever it is, it's huge. It's moving the ground. Mm. Uh, and, and at least Kathleen and uh, Captain Jimmy, I don't know that dude's name. <laughs> very badass looking man, very badass yeah, looking he dude. Awesome. He's cool with it or is like afraid? Afraid to like question mm. Kathleen's power? The only pushback I would have on that theory is that it when she sees the ground like rising or whatever, she truly it seems like it's the first time she's discovering this. Mm. And if she was keeping someone like safe underground mm. or infected, like yeah. stored, she would know that they were there mm. and maybe right. would be as shocked. It did feel like one of those like upper management problems where you're like, I've got a lot going on, on my plate. I'm not even gonna address <laughs> this right now. Okay. Yeah, it also trying to keep like, the community together. Yeah. It seemed like the conflict was more she is so hell bent on getting yeah. Henry and Sam that she's going to push the side mm. for now rather than that being its own like plot point. But Well yeah. and she's she's taking a page right out of the playbook of most dictators, right? Like have a central enemy that you can put the people against uh, and they won't question you and your decisions. Be like, we all got to work together to stop Henry because he's so dangerous. And then when we see Henry, he's a guy with a kid who's just trying to stay alive probably mm. and was probably in the right uh, because we know Kathleen's mm. probably in the wrong. Um, yeah, but I will say I think that Kathleen is is a really, it's kind of a good, well-rounded character because you can, she seems very much genuine in her intentions. Like, mm. it doesn't seem like she's some, like, crazy evil dictator mm. who just wants to cause chaos and madness. At least she's killing the doctor. I don't think that's ever a good position to be in. Yeah, but she's doing it out of revenge for a loved <laughs> one. I mean, oh, like... Oh, she cool, she cool, she You know, I mean, it's... We as an audience can see that her actions are wrong, maybe. Mm -hmm. But from her perspective, I think she's well-rounded enough that she, we can sympathize with the fact that her brother was like held, tort potentially tortured, killed in the cell. And she's like, oh, so now that you're in the cell, it's it's not true, okay to torture and kill people. But when my brother was, right. like that's, I feel like she's, I, I like her character actually. I'm not saying she's mm -hmm. right. I'm Ugh. saying I like her character. I think it's a good addition. We're gonna keep an eye on you, Anna, because it's <laughs> gonna turn on us any day now. Don't touch my brother! You've got too many friends here in the office. Uh, I'm afraid you're gonna rise up. Jessica, what's in the basement? Um, I think it's also a bloater. Oh yeah, dog. It's gotta be our big bloaty boy. <laughs> big bloaty I mean, I would love for this show to introduce a new strain of monster uh, that we Chandler? haven't seen in the game. I I'm saying like totally new monster. Mm. Is this an alligator that's turned? And now we got an alligator monster or something like that. I don't, I'm just, let's rip on Craig. Craig, you hiring? You hiring for the show? Uh, I got some great ideas. Uh, it could be something brand new. I would love that. Would I love that? I don't know. Or would game fans rise up if they come in with a totally new thing? A totally new monster out of nowhere? I don't know. All right, we're going to get into our game changes section. So we're going to begin to open the spoiler box. So if you want to be totally clean for this show, we'll see you when the show's over. Come back and rewatch the episode. This is just game. Just game spoilers. This is just game changes. Yeah, yeah. This is game changes. So yeah, this yeah. stuff in the game. It was in the show, not yeah. in the show. Can I, since we were already talking about it, can I just start with the... Let's with start the with the... Okay, that. so theoretically, they also have in the game a big 
monster that's combined of a lot of different infected, it seems like, like a little Frankenstein mm. creature that mm -hmm. has lots of limbs. It's known as the Rat King. Yeah, it is. I don't, I just, I just call it the thing with a lot of limbs and heads, and that's why I like it. We'll call him the it Rat could King. be that. I don't think so. I think it's probably the blue. Okay. I'm almost positive. I'm saying it's the Nutcracker, and it's the Rat King, maybe. <laughs> uh, can't trust the Rat King. Uh, yeah, it probably is a bloater down there, but it would be interesting if it is something else. We'll see. We'll have to see. Next we'll week. Next see. Week. Next week. But uh, let's talk about some similarities, some differences. Uh, similarities, a lot of this episode follows similar beats that the game does. It does seem to like really quickly jump over some moments, but sure, probably, sure. probably for the best, probably yeah. pacing things, you know. The, the part where the raider's like, help me, I need help, sure. and he's like, nah, gun it. Uh, that's that's pretty much the same, and then they get into a shootout right there. Uh, we are also introduced to Henry and Sam. Uh, the book of puns that Ellie has is the same. It's the same title, the same author, fun stuff like that. Um, but one of the biggest differences in this episode is the location. Mm. In the game, this all takes place in Pittsburgh. We meet Henry and Sam in Pittsburgh. Um, and in the show, it takes place in Kansas City. Whether this was for a practical reason, like filming locations were yeah. easier in Kansas City or something like that, or whether it was just to like move them across the country faster or something like that. I like that. the latter. I think they want to imply that they're really making Also, yeah, because I think the location for Kansas City and Pittsburgh aren't. No one's going to be like, hey! Well, <laughs> well I like, mean... To be like Boston and then we're in Pittsburgh and it's like, we're so on the East Coast, so let's start heading west already. Yeah. Right? So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, they might even say something about it in the podcast, but... We haven't gotten there. We haven't heard, the podcast, we, we yet, haven't heard yeah. the podcast yet. Um, the moment that Ellie shoots a guy to save Joel is also a little bit different in the game. Um, Joel is being drowned by a raider, mm -hmm. and he uh, drops his gun. It's a little bit out of reach, and then as he's like about to drown, Ellie grabs the gun, shoots him. Uh, and Joel's pissed that she does this, and she's yeah. pissed that he doesn't say thank you. Yeah. So they, instead of like this like heartfelt moment, it's just like. Dude, what the fuck? Like you saying thanks? Like you're welcome, but she's she's less uh cut up about it in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um she is she's like a little she's like, dude, I just shot that dude, huh? Right. I'm like, dang. Um but I think you know, it would be nice. Yeah, but Joel doesn't have that like mm, kind of moment. Uh, and then one other detail that I'm like, oh, this is probably for the best because right. that was gruesome, is that the giant truck that has run on the front of it mm -hmm. normally has a dead body tied to the front with its legs cut yeah. off as an extra little like, yeah, we we're going to kill you. We didn't need it. Uh, and didn't these people learn anything from Bill? you got to have paint management resource. They're wasting paint, mm. painting run and your little symbols on stuff. No. You gotta mm. save your paint, folks. Save the paint. Save the paint. Throw some strawberries. Save the paint. <laughs> oh, the strawberries. I can't even think about it. Uh, let's talk about kill counts for this episode. Joel coming in with a staggering three. Does a great job shooting. Is really poised. Uh, and uh, a little stabby at the mm. end. Though that one was wounded. He didn't catch him from the top. Uh, Kathleen gets one. Pretty cold-blooded killing of that doctor. I love I loved that moment because as soon as she was back there, I was like, she's just gonna go in there and shoot that dude. Oh, yeah. uh, and she oh. did. It was great. Um, so now let's get into, we'll do full spoiler talk, all bets are off, we can talk about game two, we can talk about DLC, we can talk about what we know, okay? But before we get there, one more pun for you folks. another pun for you folks. One more chance. How do you organize a space party? How do you organize a space party? You do astronaut. Even try. You got an answer? No, I'm not good at puns, but I love listening to them. start! At the beginning, you, uh, you. How do you organize a space party? Well, folks, you plan it. You, oh, plan it. You galaxy, <laughs> who can come first? Galaxy. Maybe, maybe. Oh. 
we'll, we'll leave a note for old Will Livingston to see if he likes that better. Uh, so here's another question I have for you too. Uranus. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, you can't see Uranus this time of year. Kathleen is a new character introduced for this show. Since the show seems to be setting up to be a bigger character, how do you think she'll play a part in the rest of the story, okay? For instance, we do know that when they get to Salt Lake City in the games, some raiders seem to know about the legend of Joel and Ellie from their time uh, in Pittsburgh in the game or Kansas City in the show. So maybe the game is just trying to give more of a face to the random raiders we see throughout the game. Do you think that like it's gonna tie in where there's a network of these people who've overtaken the QZs and Kathleen's gonna tie in later? Or do you think we'll be done with Kathleen next episode? It is really interesting how usually in the game, everyone's after Joel and Ellie. Like mm -hmm. that's the rumored, like they're every, everywhere they, they go, they're them. talking about right. them. But this one, it's Henry and Sam and they never mentioned Joel and Ellie. Yeah. I wonder if there is a tie-in with the brother somehow. Mm. The brother that was killed. Tommy? Or uh, her, no, brother, her that brother, brother that was killed. Oh, yeah. okay. What do you think, Jess? Do you think we'll see more of like Kathleen, or is the next episode going to be it for her? No, I think, yeah, we'll see her. Yeah, you brought her in. We haven't seen much of it. Right. So yeah. But I mean, you know, they were willing. Like last episode, you know, Bill and Frank, they get one episode and they're gone, and those were both. But they had like no stars. Arc. They're gone. We haven't gotten her. We haven't got her yet. full arc. But yeah. I could see her. I might see her doing a self-sacrifice kind of thing. Oh, like she she's got like nothing left. Character. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like, like she's trying to be, it seems like she's trying to be tough. She's trying mm -hmm. to get revenge and things like that. I wonder if she's going to end up sympathizing with Joel right. and Ellie and putting herself in danger. This is all just complete I could, speculation, I guess. I, I have no idea. I could see her taking the spot of the DLC where she they kill they kidnap Ellie and then bring mm -hmm. her back into the mountains and they're like, we're gonna eat her, uh, the cannibals. So yeah. I could see her becoming that part of the storyline if we don't wanna get into that part of the storyline, like eventually her kidnapping him. Because I think a big part of the game and a big part of real life, which is like the crossover from the game to the being on TV, is that people are more like you're we're afraid of the zombies, yes, yes. but we should be more afraid of the people, right? Because the they, zombies are just animals, the people, the people are synchronized, could sneaky, be good, conniving. but they just they choose yeah. to be bad, and right? I, and I like that part of the game, so it's like I think she's gonna be playing a long game overall instead of seeing different types of ravenous right. people, maybe she will be the ravenous mm. people. Um, that well, most I would love to, whatever the events happen in this next episode in Kansas City, if Joel and Ellie get away, presumably, if she follows them, you know yeah. what I mean, and plays a bigger role later. Because one uh, question I have with all of this, you know, Fedra is, is in control, for lack of a better word, of these like QZs, some of them. So they're probably still running supplies to them, food, ammunition, gasoline. In theory, if, if they've taken over the Kansas City QZ, and we don't know how long they've been in charge of it, has Fed, does Fedra know? Have they cut off? When, when the supplies come in, do they know that Fedra's gone? Have they just like cut Kansas City out? And any of, of the other QZs that have, where the people have risen up and taken over, are they working together? Or do you think anyone who's taken over a QZ, they're on their own and they're like separated from the rest of them? Is there a network of raiders out there? I think this, I assume this group uh, originated from the QZ and mm -hmm. took over. Right. Because why wouldn't you? Right, but do you think they're in talks with any other QZs? Are they uh, on an island of them? They're I on? think they're. In, I think they're one. They're like Bill, who's like, "This is my, our. This is ours now. This is ours. This is our town. They seem like loners. They seem like loners. I was. I. I think that her storyline is going to come to an end one way or another once Henry and Sam's storylines come sure. to an end. I think she's okay. so tied to those characters that I. So far, mm -hmm. I can't see her sticking around after, but maybe she'll tie in some other way. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. This is the spoiler talk, right? Yeah. What Go if ahead. she's the one that kills Sam? 
Oof. <laughs> what if she like, kills him? I think it's him? so important that he's killed by an infected. I think so too. I think yeah. so too. But if they get away, if the bloater's the one that comes after them and they get away from the bloater but doesn't get away from Kathleen mm. and she shoots oh, them, yeah. I, mean, I would be like, ooh. They've made the switch before, right, with Tess, where Tess was, was, she was bitten, yes, but Fedra ultimately killed her. In this one, it was like the infected and the grenade killed yeah. her. Uh, <laughs> as soon as we saw Henry and Sam, I was like, I don't know if we're gonna watch that episode. <laughs> That's gonna be tough. <laughs> he seems he's a lot younger. The Sam seems a lot seem younger. Like Did he? I thought he was younger than Ellie in the game. It he's felt like that because he was kind of like dumb. Um, <laughs> he wasn't dumb, but he was just like a little cartoony enough to look like a little child. I think he's about thirteen yeah. in the game. In the show, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know how young thirteen-year-olds yeah. look anymore. But he looked younger than thirteen to me. Well, one of the devices they haven't brought into the show yet that's in the game from the start is like the collecting of the comic books, right? Yeah. Ellie doesn't have like this comic book thing. I, do you think she's gonna pick that up from mm -hmm. Henry and Sam? Because they're clearly into comic books with the superhero masks. Mm -hmm. I've also been wondering if they're gonna have that toy moment. And mm. in this one, like, in the game, uh, Henry is very much like, you can't take this toy, you know, we only, t only right, right, take what right. we need. In this one, in the show, he's more like, you know, obviously they have their little hideout where he's yeah. got drawings all over the place and, and things like that. So I don't know if they're going to have the toy moment. I don't know if they're going to have a comic book moment. We'll have to keep our eyes open for that. I also real quick want to touch on a small moment from the show. Ellie falls asleep reading from the pun book which seems kind of weird on the surface until you realize it was given to her by Riley, and it's probably one of the only things uh, that reminds her of her. Like, this is all she has left of Riley. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, all good times, happy times. Uh, you know, um, uh, Ellie has pointed out before she reads books, right, she knew how a hotel worked. She knew the concept of that. But I imagine, like, a lot of books, you know, they're not all the escapism that she wants, and she really holds on to this one because it's all she has uh, of Riley, which is like really, yeah. really depressing and sad. Yeah. And I, so I, sad. I will say the moment of her going to sleep and then taking out a flashlight, the thought of sitting there not laughing, reading a <laughs> yeah, right, right, was right. very puns. sad. Like crying, the true, puns. The true inner works of a young girl. In yeah, right? <laughs> Staying up late to do that. I mean, I'm very happy to start that the show has begun the wall, the bricks in the wall coming down between Ellie yeah. and yeah. Joel. Now, the, in classic storytelling, we're probably going to go to a moment that's worse than where they are now, uh, and that will drive them further apart, and that will be tough to go through. But for now, I'm loving this part where and they, they start to laugh at I think each those, other. the sleeping, those moments where yeah. they're starting to fall asleep definitely echoed the fact that, like, first it was Ellie who was like, hey, Joel, and then the second night, it was Joel yeah. who was like, hey, Ellie. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. do you mean by, yeah. it's like, I have uh, a little sleep I mean, His little smile. Even though. Kind of like House of the Dragon, I will say. These scenes get too dark. And <laughs> my screen. Oh, it's very hard to see them. Yeah, yeah. It's very hard to see for You got um, I'm my TV. My, it's a Roku TV. And I will shame Roku TV on this. <laughs> uh -oh. How a, dare you? How could you device. do that? Uh, yeah, you got to turn your brightness from some of the dark scenes. It's you okay. Uh, I got one more pun before we get out of here today. <clears throat> what do you call an everyday potato? What do you call an everyday potato? A potato? Mmm, potato. That's me. Oh, okay. <laughs> what about you, Anna? What do you call an everyday potato? I can't think of anything with spud in it. Oh, that's uh, a good one. Does it have spud in it? It does not have spud. You're close. Starch. Uh, fry. 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 Average fry guy. This girl Friday? Girl Friday? What? No, that's not <laughs> I it. like Anna's mom. Uh, what do you call an everyday potato? A commentator. I like. I like Anna's more. Uh, Anna's, but that guy. was a rough one. Will, that was a rough I one. I feel like I lost this episode. <laughs>
no, no. Nobody lost this episode. We it's all won. We all it's won. It's never a race. That's it for this episode of The Break Room. We'll be back next week to discuss episode five, but we'll also do the show every day live at 3 p.m. talking about all the nerdy news that you guys need to know about. Follow me at Lulu underscore Clemens. Follow Anna Vanson at It's Anna Vanson. Uh, follow Brandon at Grin and Barracks. That's a pun. That is a pun. <laughs> it is a pun, and I hate it more. Uh, oh, so is Lulu Clemens. Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> We're all puns. <laughs> Subscribe to The Break Room wherever you get your podcast, and we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Thanks for watching. Bye. Stay alive. Bye. Bye. Bye.